So look at you go. I said, that's my boy. He's a handsome little boy. That hat and that whole suit. He was pippin' ain't easy, but somebody's got to do it. So I normally pick out a lot of his stuff, but Christine picked out the formal stuff for him to wear over the weekend, and she killed it. And the hat was actually a hand-me-down from our godsons who are older than him. So we put the whole outfit on him, and I swear he was about to go Peaky Blinders on somebody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Right, everybody, thanks for being back on to the other ship for our bonus recap slash preview episode. Happy to have you here whenever and wherever you're listening. I'm your host, Chris Spiker, and joining us this evening are our producer extraordinaire, Michael T.S. Herrick. What's up? Our resident pumpkin spice frosty expert, Big Bill Merriweather. You can pass me the ball, then I won't fumble. I'm just here to do the rest of our grumble. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. And joining us again for the first time, because the first episode that we did will drop after this one. So we're now we're all chronologically out of order. They might have dropped his Saturday night radio show, but he'll always be only gold to us. You know him as the Antonio's dad, Mr. Benji Fido. Good evening. Gentlemen, we had a pretty busy weekend. There was a lot of stuff going on in our lives, outside of our lives. But we're going to talk about NXT No Mercy from Bakersfield, California was an incredible show. I felt from top to bottom, it knocked it out of the park. When you have the intro be like the old video game screen, I'm like, this is going to be great. Yeah, that was a very cool, very cool opening. If not the greatest wrestling video game ever, definitely top three yes. was No Mercy for the N64. Agreed. Just a tremendous game. All of the THQ games in that era, WrestleMania 2000, WCW versus NWO Revenge. To me, those three are the pinnacle of wrestling video games. And yeah, the graphics have gotten better, everything. I don't care. Those games were it. And nothing's top. Just like the gameplay, the everything about it, it felt like it was like a big deal. And I love when you're scrolling through the screens and they had like all like the eight bit represent like not a bit but the characters like going through everybody had some like animations of people on the main roster while they're going through the matches. I'm like, this is amazing. So whoever designed these hopefully got a raise. They kicked off with Braun versus the Baron. My first thought was when Braun Breaker came out with the dog head on. Do you know what it reminded me of? A Vader's old helmet from back in the day, that big metal helmet that he put on the ground and would like shoot like smoke out of the top. You guys know what I'm talking about. He wore that uh, in Japan. Yes. Oh yeah, with the red eyes. Yes. You know what it reminded me of? What's that? The Red Wedding episode of Game of Thrones. Oh shit. That was straight up the the direwolf. King in the north with the direwolf head sewn on his body, trotted yes. out on the horse. Basically, is what it looked like. No, that's a good call. I don't know why, because he said the way he took it off and everything like that, and like set it down. I'm like, is it going to shoot like fire or something out of it? Is it going to do something cool? And then it did. I was kind of sad. Bronze entrance was then followed by Baron Corbin, which might have gotten the biggest face pop of his career because it came out to his badass team on a motorcycle. I don't know, guys coming out on motorcycles, I'll pop for that. And for some reason, the Bakersfield crowd loved Baron Corbin, and I don't know why. Now, I'm going to point this out. You guys probably saw this because it bothered me every single time. The guy with the Breakersfield sign, Field was misspelled. Yeah, I did see that either Facebook or uh, Twitter. I can't remember which, but yeah. 
I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? That kind of goes back to, there's an old story I, I have to tell because that's what this reminded me of. Back when I was following the IWC out of Pittsburgh years ago, there was a guy named Fabulous Sean McChesney who ended up going by Big League later on. He actually wrestles up near us here sometimes, Benji and Bill. I've known this guy forever now, feels like. There was a kid that had a sign once, and the kid's sign said, Fabulous John McChesney. So the crowd got on. They were more or less kind of teasing the kid. But McChesney held it up and everything looked at it and didn't even notice it. We were sitting around one night after the show, and I was talking to McChesney. I go, dude, let's run with this. because that's a great idea. He goes, you get the crowd fired up. So we'll just start calling him Fabulous, and that kind of led to his heel turn because he thought we were all making fun of him. But that's a whole other story for later on. That's just what it reminded me of because just the sheer aggravation of how do you misspell a sign. I felt bad for the kid later on, but. The sign was annoying as somebody who's a horrible speller. I felt for that, but it might have just been a spur of the moment thing. You're making the sign and you're just like, oh, writing it. Probably did it in the parking lot just before we went in. That's great, but who are the chefs? Great googly moogly. Great googly moogly. One of my all-time favorite Snickers commercials right there. I just love saying great googly moogly. <laughs> I still say great googly moogly. You know it's going to be a good night when the announcer table is broken in the very first match. <laughs> Off a killer spot, too. Guys, what were your thoughts on the match? We'll start with Mike. Oh, I thought it was just another in the string of fantastic matches Corbin has had down here in this run on NXT. They beat the shit out of each other in the best way possible. You know, just a great brawl between two great big guys that, that could just lay it in. I really wish, as much as I love the end of days, I, w- I love that. I wish they'd have him use the deep six, too, like they used to in NXT as a yeah. setup for that. I kind of missed that, and I was hoping maybe we'd see that here, like he would have to break that out to beat Braun, but the way he caught him for the finish just was perfect. Yes. Are they working towards Von Wagner? Probably. Yeah. Is that why the whole Mr. Stone thing? Yeah, probably. Well, they oh, had, was it? Two weeks ago or three weeks ago when Braun attacked Wagner on NXT. And Mm. I think they said that he had to have stitches in his head or something. I can't remember. It was supposed to be a pretty nasty attack. And he's been off TV since then. So I figure we're probably not quite done with Braun yet. I figure we'll see him and Wagner at some point. When's their next big event? December? Yes. Although they do have Halloween Havoc coming up in... Right. Yeah, that's a two-week thing. That could be something... If I had to guess, I would say maybe they blow that off in December and then we see Braun debut at the Rumble. Okay. I mean, that would be that makes would sense. be my thinking, but we'll see. They may move him up quicker than that. That makes sense. Who, who do you? Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good, really. Makes sense, right? Have him be one of the Rumble surprises. Yeah, like the run Keith Lee had the one year where he eliminated Brock or squared off with Brock. Maybe he didn't eliminate Brock. He squared off with Brock. Mm. It was something like that where maybe Braun and Brock even meet at some point in the Rumble and you get that like look and nod of respect from Brock. Because that could be a Mania match right there. Have Brock put Braun over. Yeah, because Brock two, two monsters. That would be great. Bringing back the Braun versus Brock thing and mentioning Keith Lee, that was such a moment. And why they didn't take the ball and run with Keith Lee after that, just for that sheer like electricity and Brock and look at him going, that's a big boy right there. Yeah. Because Vince didn't think that Keith Lee worked enough like a big man. And well, wasted opportunity. I digress. What did you think of the match, Bill? It was, I hate to say it, I said I think last time, but 
God, am I staring at like Baron Corbin? Shoot me now. But I am. He's really annoying. Right? He used to be really annoying. But hey, that was maybe, maybe. Part, you know, because he's annoying, but he's now he's kind of fun because he's so ridiculous. And he's no doubt about it. He's a talented worker. Better or worse. So I think I'm starting to like him. Yikes. The match, and I just threw the comparison in my head just now while we were talking about when Mike mentioned the Deep Six. This match reminded me of a much more improved Baron Corbin than the Baron Corbin that fought Rhino and had a great little thing with Rhino going back when during his first run in NXT. Yes, this is the second time I've complimented Baron Corbin on the show, Try Not to Fame. I hear you, man. It's like Bizarro World. Plenty of seats on the bus here that are pulling for Corbin, so welcome aboard, guys. He he really impressed me. I, I like Braun a lot. He's a monster, and but he had Cor- uh, Corbin to carry him, and that match was just fun because Baron was feeding him. Let him get those big man moves in. And I think when Braun goes up to the main roster, you just turn him into a monster and have him roll over everybody like Brock did. Just and yeah, he was awesome. It was an awesome match to watch. I really enjoyed it. And uh, the lead up to it when they were showing him in the parking lot, beating each other on the car was just it reminded me of old Crockett stuff. It was great. Just a really, really fun match. I really enjoyed it. And I give uh, Baron Corbin a lot of credit. He's matured a lot since last I saw him. Yeah, I mean, time will tell what, you know, what will happen to him next. I'm kind of curious to see where he goes after this. Maybe he might be the challenger for the NXT title, which we will talk about later on. Yeah. Which I, at this point, I might actually be okay with. I think it would produce a, a couple of great matches or three great matches in a series, however you want to do it. I don't know how many of you guys actually watched his initial NXT run, but he was very good in NXT. And then they just ruined and wasted him on the main roster, yes. essentially. All the gimmick changes and just he had a look that made him stand out in NXT. And when he first came up, and they just homogenized him like they do everything else. And like taking the deep six away, that is an impressive move. He busted that out against Kevin Owens on a SmackDown early on in his run on the main roster. And it looked impressive as hell. And they sanitized him, I guess, is the way to put it. Because he was just a dirty, scuzzy looking guy. He had that weird greasy golem hair. <laughs> yes. You know, and he had a little bit of like a spare tire. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't fat or anything, just a little a little bit chubby around the midsection. And it made him stand out because he looked different. And then they took that away. They had him go lose the weight and you know that the top. <laughs> right. That, that's that's pretty much it, Bill. That's the better I, way to describe it. I know I said it last week, but the happy Corbin thing, like the broke ass Corbin, was hilarious to me because he did it so well and then he went back to being dull again after they dropped that. Yeah. I lost it for Bear when he was coming out as King Corbin with the crown and like Almost looking like the, the Barbarian did in 1991. I remember seeing him going, why are they turning him into Barbarian version 2? Worst and, king since Mabel. Oh, yes. They lost me with that because I knew how good he was. And then you're I'm like, <clears throat> why are you putting antlers and, you know, Barbarian version 2 on this guy who's incredible? Again, I'm going to lay blame on Vince and probably Michael Hayes for that probably the next bruiser brody too you know what i mean like they're always trying to find that and that's something yeah. that is mm-hmm. 
88. Not really. Benji looks at Baron on the crown and goes, you sit on a throne of lies. You sit on a throne of lies. You smell of cheese and lies, Baron Corbin. Wash your hair. Or, or now, <laughs> now the lack thereof, it, it's like looking at a jar of mayonnaise, Seamus style, but with the bald head. He's large uh, head. Done a bad, but close. Before we move on to the next match, I want to number one shout out to our man Drew Samuels. Happy birthday! That's Happy why he's not here with us tonight. And two, I don't know if any of you guys watched the pre-show or not, but the Blair Davenport Kalani Jordan match on the pre-show was very good, and Kalani Jordan has really impressed in the short time that they've been having her on TV, and I think there's definitely a lot of potential for her going forward. So if you didn't see it. I'd recommend going checking it out. It's about a six and a half minute match, but very well done for the time they had. Blair Davenport impressed me. I'd never seen her before. Yeah, she's very good too. She was and good in NXT UK. For me, and I'm going to show my age, but it was like Medusa Michelli almost with just more weight on her. It was a Wendy Richter type personality. Really impressed by her. And Kalani, gosh almighty, give her some time and she's going to do tremendous things. I mean, she has it. But Blair Davenport, I could see her and Becky somewhere down the line or her and Io Sky somewhere down the line. I think it'd be brilliant. Yeah, for sure. And before we move on to our next match, I do want to second the happy birthday to our boy, Drew Fassar Jones. We miss you, buddy. We love you. I think everybody in the other ship agrees that you're an incredible part of the show and we're glad to have you. And reading his notes that he sent to us in the group chat. He also really enjoyed the match. He said, full-on badass, good action with an awesome set of false finishes leading up to Corbin sticking the finisher. Hard-hitting, great match. So I think we're all in agreement. Absolutely. So the next match, the North American title match, Dirty Dom versus Trick Williams. Guys, the ovation Trick got, and that theme yeah. song is redunculous. Okay, like that, he had the crowd eating out of the palm of his hand with everything he did. And we were talking off air about how green he is, but I think once he gets there, he's going to be a huge star. And and our boy Drew said, Dom Trick was damn good. Dom reminds me more and more of Art Bar every time I see him. Trick showed out like son of a bitch really had the crowd in his hands. Yes, he did. You can get the Art Bar comparison. I mean, Dom's real buddy's tag team partner. Are we 100% sure now that Art Bar might not be Dom's dad? It could be. Um, Lars Urich from Metallica is his dad. Look at the resemblance. Okay, so are we all suggesting now we run an NXT angle as to who Dom's real dad is and it comes out like the 1990 Denver Broncos football team offensive line. I wonder yes. what uh, Ray Mysterio's wife thinks of this fucking stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was- Drew's comparison to our bar is pretty spot on though because yes. he's not quite Eddie. He's a little bit lankier yeah. or like Art and he's got that scuzzy sleazy kind of thing going for him. So yeah, I think that's if you were going to pick somebody to say Dom is like this person, I'm not sure you're going to find a better comparable than yeah. So fine work as he's, always, Drew. He's got that. He's got that sleazy. He's like the Sammy Guevara. He's got that punchable face <laughs> thing going on. But he's so good at it. Like I love the heat he gets. Like whenever he comes out, the people just go ballistic. That's the type of heat that everybody should aspire to have. Yeah, and it's legit. Like people dislike him. Yes, it's not that yes. fun. He's not the cool. He's gonna get hurt by a fan. I, I can feel it because his heat is so magnificent. Yeah, it's old school. That somebody's going to take us. I don't want it to happen, but a fan's going to get overly angry and is going to something's going to happen outside the arena. 
But I mean, he, forty or fifty years, years ago, he would get stabbed. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah. I was just about to say that. Yeah. yeah. Knife in the pig's blood and stab like having a blackjack mulligan. His Basically. heat is tremendous, but I think that comes a lot from being in Judgment Day and being with all those guys. But Dom just Dom has it. Whatever it is. He has it. And great job with commentary pointing out that first match, Dom's been without Rhea in forever. And I like how they kind of wrote that around into the finish because it was something that probably went better for Dom had Rhea been there to run the interference, shall we say. I like how that played into the conclusion. Long and short, great match. Trick Williams wins the North American title, gets a huge ovation. So is Rhea turning good? Is that the idea that she's going to... So the next night on Raw, they came out and I think it was Priest looked at Dom and said, hey, you're missing something. So actually on NXT tonight, because we're recording this on the Tuesday night, the main event, I guess, would be Dom and Trick in a rematch. And Rhea told him, if you don't come home with the belt, don't come home at all. It's hard to tell, but we're going to get into that later on because that's going to tie into our fast lane preview. Because I had to work it out in my head a little bit. I had to borrow a nice booking hat from Mike, but I think I got it. So thanks for watching that hat for me, by the way, Mike. Yep. What do you think of the North American title match? Well, I was going to say, I was curious. I haven't watched Raw yet. I wasn't sure how they dealt with that but i think i pointed out on the preview show that i felt there was a good chance that the way trick would win is because dom didn't have anybody with him and that's kind of how it played out and i wouldn't be terribly surprised to see dom win tonight i mean we're still probably 45 minutes from the main event starting on nxt but i could see him getting the title back and maybe having somebody from judgment day there to try and help him and carmelo comes out to even the odds and carmelo costs trick the title and that takes you straight into their feud and have it just be a feud between them and not over a belt like they kind of teased at the end of no mercy the other night but yeah it was a good match very good match i think it was good for dom to be in a situation where he's the more experienced half of a match i don't know how much they call in the ring if everything is pre-planned or what but i assume even then you know it's dom saying hey here's where we're going next whatever both guys showed well trick is insanely over and i'm curious to see what they do with him and mellow going forward because clearly there's going to be tension there in some form, and we're going to get some kind of a feud between them before Mello moves on. Which is sad, but inevitable. Bill, what do you think of a North American championship? I got to say, I missed last week's bonus episode, but I got to say that I would have said I did not expect Trick to win because he always feels like um, second fiddle to Mello. So it's kind of really interesting to see him, like you guys said, he's potentially become a star. I was surprised, but I guess a lot of people, you know, it's time for Dom to do what he had to do, but I didn't think he was going to win. I thought it was going to be one of those devious, like sketchy, pulls off a sneaky victory disqualification, old school style. So it was surprising, but yeah, Trick, hey, whatever man you know like that's pretty cool i wouldn't have guessed it though but it was pretty neat i'll give my two cents about this match i didn't like it it felt off when i was watching it was like they were a step or two behind what they should have been doing and i think it was what mike said maybe it was dom's first time calling a match 
which is fine. You know, you got to learn somehow. But it just felt wrong. Even watching, it was just like, eh. You know, I was shocked that they took the belt off of him, but it wasn't my favorite match. This was my least favorite match on the card just because it just felt wrong. The timing was off. It was like a going through the motions. I think I walked away during that match. That was my uh, intermission match for me. That was going to get a soda match for me. And it was just wrong. Just the feel of it. But I see big things for Trick. I hope he gets called up soon and, you know, we'll have to see what happens. But that's my two cents on that match. I'm curious to the producers of, you know, whenever they tell you who the producers were, comes out a few days after a show. I'd be kind of curious to see who produced this match just out of curiosity. Also, I mean, with Ray not being there, I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't like the bloodline were, oh, hey, you know, here's another member. But again, we'll, we'll cover that later on, especially because Bill messaged me earlier to tell me that he thinks Ryback's joining the Judgment Day, but... Be a lot of heat, just saying. <laughs> Moving on to the tag team title four-way match. It was very enjoyable. I mean, it was a solid match. It was nice to see I just hated the fact that I was right about the family winning because I wanted the Creeds to win so bad, especially with the Brutus cannonball over the top rope at the end was just like obscenely amazing. Just good stuff. I mean, there was a lot of like innovation. I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of dead space in there for the most part, but just for the sheer disappointment of the Creeds not winning, this might have been my least favorite match, even though all eight guys really shown up and shown out and I had no problem with the match itself. Just a little deflating given the whole injury thing, you know, with Tony limping out to save the day, much like Drew said here in his show notes, him and I are on the same page about it. I mean, it was a fun match though. So props to all involved. I really like the Creed brothers. They impressed me so much in that match. And I was pulling for them to win. They were my pick and I loved it. I loved it. Even Antonio, he saw the Brutus doing that, cannonball move and was just like dad that's awesome and it was i mean for a man his size to get up and just do that and not have everybody looking like they're gonna catch him was great a spur of the moment thing and the crowd just gasped when they saw it even the commentators were like whoa what's that brilliant match would have liked to have seen the cream brothers win but i get what they're doing and the little vignette thing before it in the restaurant was amusing what'd you think mike it was fine i mean this to me was always going to be the least interesting and most disappointing i guess match of the night because i knew in my heart that they weren't taking the titles off the d'angelo's i just couldn't bring myself to pick them to retain i mean the match itself was fine Garza and Carrillo are fantastic. Breeds are fantastic. OTM are fairly new, but they're solid in what they do anyway. And Tony D and Stax are good in the ring. I just can't stand the gimmick, and that it takes me out of it. Anybody winning but the D'Angelo's would have improved the match for me. And he may have actually been hurt. I'm still, if he wasn't hurt, he did a good job of actually selling that knee and limping the entire time after he came back in the ring. People usually don't do a good job with that. So either way, if it was if it was a planned thing, it's kind of hokey. But if it was a legit injury and he wanted to come out and finish the match, good for him. I'd have been happier with any of the other three teams coming away with the belts just because it would have been more interesting going forward because none of those gimmicks are just lame to me like the family is. So when are you getting one of those bikes that they rode down to the ring on? <laughs> those are pretty sweet looking. I got to say, Debo would definitely try to along <laughs> with somebody's chain. Rest but, in peace, uh, Debo. Yeah. Bill, Bill, how do you feel about the tag team match, brother? I was more excited to see the Brian Pillman Jr. thing. I, I don't know. It, 
I can't wait for him to show up. Yeah, it was more so none of those teams really do it for him. It's they're fine. It was kind of my go get a soda, go pee, touch myself, scrap my shave my armpits match. I just didn't really pay attention. I think I was on the phone fucking around, probably talking to you guys or something, all jokes aside, but I just don't care. <laughs> you know about this match, I just don't. I mean, it's fine, I guess, but I don't know. The D'Angelo, they suck. I don't, yeah. I guess I kind of agree with that, too, is it's like uh, more of the same. But yeah, I don't have much of an opinion. I'm sorry, gang. I'm like Bill. When I saw that little vignette for Brian Pillman Jr., whoo-wee, that got the blood going, because that was magnificent. So one thing I'll give WWE, they do great vignette build-ups, and him just clicking through the channels was magnificent. And I'm like, are they trying to lose cannon thing here, or are they, you know, how are they going to do this? Because they could mess this up royally with him, or it's going to be magnificent. So that was my favorite part of the tag team match. As long as we have Sid Vicious trying powerbombing in a cage, I think he'll be just fine. Next, we have the Heritage Cup match with Noam Da, accompanied by Metaphor, who may or may not be Drax the Destroyer's favorite stable, against Pete Dunne, because I'm not calling him Butch, damn it. These two worked so well together. It was a highly enjoyable back-and-forth match. You believe they were going at each other for real. Pete Dunne's always a joy. Great match, crappy ending. I'm glad commentary pointed out that it took seven people to beat Pete Dunne. And when you have somebody like Tyler Bate on the outside of the ring, should he be a little more effective at what he does? I mean, maybe that just kind of bothered me a little bit that he only did like the jump when he jumped Mensa at the end there. But I'm like, come on, dude. I'm like, you're like one of the legit strongest dudes on the roster. You're not doing a whole hell of a lot. And I'm fine with Darwin because he's one of the most entertaining acts on NXT to me right now. And he backs it up because he can go in the ring. But if that means we get more Gallus versus Dunn and Bate, I'm okay with that. However, I was not okay with the fact that Joe Coffey's lariat missed him by like a country mile there at the end. But I don't know, really enjoyable match. Just a crap ending. Mike, how'd you feel? I'm fine with the interference and the way it ended. It's just going to set up something bigger and better, I think, between the Coffees and Butch and Tyler Bate, and I'm not sure who else. Although, I'm curious to see where Noam Dar goes next, defending the Heritage title. But whatever it is, it'll be entertaining. I damn sure know that. Very much so. Because he's fantastic. And the whole metaphor group is great. I would have been fine if Butch won, but I'd much rather keep the train rolling with Dar and Metaphor with the Heritage Cup as a focal point for them as a group. And then whether we get the Brawling Brutes as a group coming down to take on Gallus, which would be fantastic. Yes, it would. I mean, big meaty men slapping meat right there in a six-man. Or whether it's Butch and Tyler Bate and a third person teaming with them. You've got options and ways to go. And it's going to give Gallus something to do to keep them out of the tag title mix for a little bit, which I like. So, yeah, it's fine by me. I'm totally down with that. So, And honestly, I wouldn't mind Noam Dar going after bigger and better things, but that's just me. And it could happen. Bill, how would you feel? I agree with what you say about Noam Dar. Entertaining. Possible. Feels like a star. Possibly bigger and better things. I don't disagree. It's a very good sentiment. Tyler Bate is kind of an oaf. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know he's still, I don't know. It just felt very oafy to me. And I don't watch it regularly at this point, but I, you know, try to watch shows for the show. Um, so I'm kind of out of some of the loop with it, but I don't know. I wasn't too impressed. All right. Benji, I loved this match. There was a point, and I wish I had taken note of it, but Pete Dunn was going for a pin, and I got to the edge of my seat and really thought he was going to win. I was like, I was a little kid. I so enjoyed it. I 
loved the rounds. I loved uh, Nomar Dar's group next to him, like fanning him with the fan. It so reminded me of like Cornette when he used to like take the towel to yep. Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton. It was such a fun match. All the rounds, you know, if you've ever watched World of Sports, the old British stuff, that's what this was. It was, God, it was a lot of fun. And I really like Pete Dunn. I see good things for him. I don't really watch regularly like bill but i watched these shows and both those guys impressed me and it was just a really really good match and i'm hoping william regal if he had a hand in this because my god it was brilliant this was probably my third favorite match in my top three really impressed by all these all these guys in that match he done looked really tough like there's no doubt about that when he was doing the joint manipulation, like I really thought he was going to break the guy's finger. That's how believable he was or is, excuse me. Just brilliant, brilliant stuff. That whole match, both guys complement each other really well. And that's what I like seeing two guys that are combatants or wrestlers who complement each other really well. And I just thought it was brilliant. Just a brilliant, brilliant match. And I'd buy a ticket to see those two go at it. Before we move on to the two big matches of the show, I just have to go back. Mike, I want to hear your imitation of Noam Dar saying Alicia Fox's name again. Alicia Fox. <laughs> Thank you. Every time he did that, that would pop me. Absolutely hysterical. And then- Do yourself a favor, everybody. Go back. I think it's on Peacock. Go back and watch Noam Dar on 205 Live. Yes. Guy was just fantastic. Off the charts, great. Yeah. And he's a guy whose charisma is backed up in ring. And I think... And they're for the either of the big singles titles. There's definitely potential for him with the North American title and maybe the NXT title down the line. I mean, he's got the stable behind him. So, I mean, yeah, we could just talk about the greatness of Noam Dar all night. We, we should rename the show the Noam Dar ship. The NXT championship match, Dragonov and Mellow 2. I loved Mellow's entrance with all the jerseys of all the guys that he beat, his little Hall of Fame. I love that. Dragonov, dude just screams intensity, just his entrance alone. It's the more intense version of Gunther's entrance. I know we keep drawing parallels between the two because I always go back to the matches between them because he's the more like psychotic entrance where Gunther's is the more like boating. Dragonov's like, hey, how you doing? want some coke and these two just brought it this is in the running for match of the year at least in my mind because it was just so good from beginning to end Dragonov throwing everything mellow taking everything and throwing it back at him mellow hitting all his big spots it's like what am i gonna have to do to put this friggin' psychopath away props to them mellow looks like he bit his lip or something happened Dragonov, it was just an insane match from the two of them easily eclipsed their first one their first one was friggin' amazing too and just a wild, told a great story of Dragunov doing whatever he could do. And he had to resort to the top rope H-bomb after hitting two of them previously to get the win and become your new NXT champion. It was just incredible, just storytelling. Everything about it just reeked of incredibleness to me. And I can't say enough about how much I enjoyed this match. Mike, how'd you feel? Absolutely fantastic match. Lived up to my expectations and then some. And easily a match of the year contender, I would say. The intensity that Dragunov has is off the charts. I worry that he's going to have a coronary or a stroke <laughs> as red as he turns at times. It's worse than when Brock turns like purple. I'm more concerned because you can see all the veins and things bulging out of his neck and head and eyeballs, I think, almost at times. But Dragonoff is tremendous. He's going to be a great NXT champ. 
there are so many guys that he can work with going forward. I cannot wait for Dragunov Corbin. That that has to happen for at least a couple of matches. Dragunov Breaker would be fine if Braun's going to be down here for a couple of more months. Dragunov Mellow 3 at some point probably has to happen. Dragunov Trick will happen for the NXT Championship at some point, I'm sure. So I look forward to it. What I'd really like to see, though, is Josh Briggs broken out of this stupid-ass tag team they've had him in for the last year and however long and given a singles push and give me Briggs versus Dragunov just beating the hell out of each other. You know what this match felt like to me? is didn't really feel like the WWE style. It was like an AEW match if the wrestlers actually knew what they were doing or whoever the, the, you know, the, the agent was for the match. It was so violent. It was impressive. I really, really liked this match because it was incredibly violent. Yeah. And yeah, Dragunov is he's got it, man. He's intense. I, I at first I thought maybe he's not quite big enough, but like Mike says, he just turns purple. <laughs> It looks like something from like an old Bugs Bunny cartoon, like one of the bad guys when they get pissed off and steam pops out of their ears. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. So I think he's going to go places. Um, he's got, he just like lights up the screen, you know, like that, whatchamacallit. Like I want to watch him. I know I, you know, like I want to see more of his stuff and he's a lot of fun and I have a feeling he's got, you know, something going on. But man, it was such a fun violent match wow did not feel like the wwe at all no not even like the more hardcore match quote-unquote on their main shows this was violent wow it was reminiscent of old world-class stuff with the von erics but my god what a great match dragging off bleeding just added to the intensity and the importance of this match his finisher that h-bomb is brilliant and him having to hit it again and again and again to beat Carmella was absolutely fantastic. I loved this match a lot. I'm glad Dragunov wasn't wearing those red Tasmanian Devil, whatever those contacts are. Like Mike says, I was afraid he was going to pop an eyeball or something. He's just got that middle vein, like when your mom would get mad at you and the vein had popped like four inches out of her forehead type thing going on. She's just, I mean, he's just great. Carmelo's great. Just a fun, fun match. And I like that they locked up, you know, a little feeling out. I almost compared it to a steamboat savage type house show from the 80s intensity but it was just brilliant and i hope dragonoff just accomplishes everything that they have laid out for him because he's burned they got such a talent there and if they waste it then that's on them i want to see dragonov give the nxt title the same type of run that gunther and roman are having on the main roster with their respective titles I think believably he could do it to where he is putting on banger after banger of defense against high quality dudes and bring them down from the main roster. Bring whoever you want because Dragonov will hang with any of them. I mean, whoever. I mean, Pete Dunn, Noam Dar. There's nobody I think that he could do bad with at this point. I think he's proven that. So congrats to him for finally winning the NXT title. I was a little hesitant about him doing it because Mello's great. Mello did the run. And I'm curious to see what happens with him and probably something sad with him and trick at this point because i love them together but you know such as wrestling life yeah, yeah. one lock middle one 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 so it's gonna start some beef yeah if we get dragon off mellow three i'm 100 on board with that although i mean i don't know what's dragon gonna have to do be mellow this time who knows 
Uh, Bill, you talked about the violence and everything. Do you think the intensity of this match was maybe on par with, say, the Piper Valentine dog collar match, Starcade? You know, it's funny you said it because at the time I didn't think of the comparison, but now that you mention it, um, holy smokes. Uh, yeah, maybe it's a subconscious thing that kind of clicked because that's what it... Yeah, like, wow, it never really clicked to me when I watched it, but you putting that out there, yes. Absolutely. Yes, sir. I totally knew that. Oh, all the whole time. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it was similar in, in intensity. Very old school. I think that's why I liked it so much. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Props to both of them and whoever put it together because it was just a fight and a fight that we even talked about could have gone either way. Both guys had the right tools to go in and win. And I wasn't going to be mad either way. But again, props to Dragunov for winning the big one and can't wait to see where he goes from here. All right. Moving on to the main event of the evening. We have our Extreme Rules match with Becky Lynch, who I loved her gathering the shopping cart full of stuff, going on her little shopping list backstage, throwing stuff in the shopping cart throughout the night against Tiffany Strat. I said it before and I'm going to say it again. Tiffany Stratton has it and she's going to be a huge star. And anybody that watched this match and didn't think so might want to go back and rewatch it again. The two of them beat the hell out of each other. That might have been one of the absolute most insane women's matches I've ever seen. And I mean, Becky throwing stuff. I want to know if did Becky legit hit that guy in the front row when she was throwing shit at Tiffany? Because it looked like she like. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Or at least I thought so, too. Yeah, it looked like she did. And from I watched it again on YouTube. You know, you can hold your the screen closer. It looked like she hit him. The look at her face is like, oops. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I'm going to get in trouble when I go in the back. I just knocked the fan out. Price and do a business, get knocked out by the man. So everything about this was intense. Like, I expected them to bring it, but I did not expect this. Just pure straight up them just beating the holy hell out of each other. And I loved it. And it's one of those I could have been happy either way. Becky wins. And I guess from what I'm reading on NXT right now, they're lining up all the challenges for her. But props to Tiffany Stratton. The Barbie definitely brought it on this one. Mike, what were your thoughts? It was a fantastic match. I saw that Meltzer said it was probably the best women's match since Bailey versus Sasha. And I would say that's probably right. Although I think the Asuka versus Nikki Cross last woman standing match gets slept on. That was a tremendous match on NXT TV, I think. I think it was on TV. It might have been on a takeover. I'd have to go back and look that up. But go out of your way to check that one out. It was very good. But this match, it didn't have the same level of intensity that Dragunov Bello did because neither Tiffany or Becky is a psychopath. <laughs> Dragunov. But just a fantastic match from start to finish. The use of the weapons was very well done. I'm not a big hardcore Extreme Rules match kind of fan that's not really ever been my thing but they did a great job of using various things throughout the match the barbie doll spot was a cute little thing you know based on calling tiffany a barbie doll tiffany is so far beyond where she should be for her experience level she's going to be the best woman on the roster in no time nxt or main roster either one if she continues to get better at the pace she's getting better right now. And with her athleticism, I think the sky's the limit. 
she can be right up there hanging with Bianca and Rhea and Raquel and Jade Cargill and whoever's going to be at the top for the next 10 years. She can be right there with them. The moonsault attempts that didn't land, like the one where she stuck it on her feet outside from the top rope to the floor, the one where she just narrowly missed chairs, just fantastic, fantastic stuff. I come away impressed with her every match because she just seems to keep getting better. And Becky being down there and Tiffany getting to work with her is only honing her skills more. There are so many interesting matchups for Becky to have in the meantime before they come back to these two, because I think that's probably where you end up going at some point is Tiffany being the one to take the title off of Becky if you're putting Jade on the main roster. And I did see something earlier that said Jade is maybe scheduled to be at Fastlane in some form this weekend. So if she's going straight to the main roster, which I personally think isn't the right move, I think she could benefit from being in NXT for a while and being made to be a big deal there. But if that's what's happening, then I think Tiffany is definitely the one to eventually dethrone Becky whenever her run is over she goes back to the main roster and i hope that they continue to do this kind of thing with some of the women that are at that main event level on the main roster but aren't playing into the title picture currently is to send them down to nxt now and then for this kind of thing because it provides fresh matchups and i think it's also going to be a good incentive and motivational tool for the women on the nxt roster to get to face people like becky or bailey or charlotte in situations like this becky really she looks i guess if anybody if they said hey what did you expect cm punk to do in AEW?" should probably look under the dictionary for Becky Lynch and how much she's really elevated these chicks. Like, I wouldn't have guessed Tiffany Stratton could have done this type of stuff. I could see Tegan Knox looking from the side, and I don't know if she's going to be Tiffany Stratton, but I mean, I wonder if that's what's kind of going on next. But I guess my one disappointment is I didn't see Jade show up, but obviously it's a little too early for that. Would have been nice to see her show up at the end and just stare and look mean. Because if she doesn't go to NXT, it's insanity. Like you said, Mike, it's at this point, she needs the training, and she also needs, I mean, the buzz that it's going to give. You got Becky down there, you know, doing her thing giving a lot of rub to everybody like these matches have jade come down there and then when they you know get that sort of thing going and get the buzz with jade becky sort of thing when that turns whatever and again no slam on tiffany because she's obviously a valid contender for all this stuff but then he can start talking about that main roster rhea ripley stuff or i don't know maybe send her down it's the mind boggles at the possibilities it really does and that was a very violent match too it was fascinating how ridiculous it was i like the other one before it better this is a little more intense but this is a lot of fun this is more like bonkers wild like extreme rulesy craziness whereas the match before it was just intensity and holy shit old school but they both were a lot of fun like two great like i said some of the show i was like eh whatever you know but the end of the show holy smokes man yeah, hell of a main event. Tremendous main event. I loved it. I loved when they were in the crowd and Becky stole the chain from her hairstylist or something. And, you know, you don't know that till the commentators mention it. <laughs> I'm like, wow, she's just, it's old school ECW, you know, with them in the crowd. Tiffany Stratton impressed me a lot. She hung with Becky. She took everything Becky had to give. Becky took everything she had to give. A lot of fun. Loved the Barbie doll spot. I actually thought she was going to dump thumbtacks 
on the ring. I give Becky props. Her elbow, that's a nasty little injury if you've seen the pictures online to, you know, suck it up. Just a lot of fun. I'm glad Becky's down there. It's giving these younger women down there a taste of what it'll be like up on the main roster. And I think Tiffany Stratton, probably by the time Mania runs around, my opinion, she'll be ready to go up. She's got the talent. She's got the mic skills. And she's just really impressive. And Becky Lynch, she's the man. She can go. Put her in with anybody. She uh, She's just great. Reminds me of a young Sherry Martell in a lot of ways. So just a tremendous match. Great way to end. No mercy. I mean, Drew's thoughts on this match, Chris? Drew's thoughts on this match were one hell of a match and absolutely delivered on stipulation to push each other to the limit. Nothing they did looked forced or contrived. Pretty much everything that Drew typed to us was pretty much what we've been saying. Yes, Benji, that also includes you now. <laughs> Thank you. I just have one complaint about the whole show. I dislike Booker T on commentary a lot. It's horrific. If he's trying to come up as a heelish commentator or whatever he wants to be, it's horrific. He needs to get out of there. He bought down a lot of those matches where I wish he had let, and I forget the actual play-by-play guy's name, who I thought was fantastic, but Booker T just got awful on the mic and just needs to go away. Just had to throw that in there because every time he opened his mouth, I'm like, Booker, shut up. I agree to disagree. Shucky ducky quack quack. His associative insanity, like streaming my nonsense, kind of made me laugh a lot. Like he just doesn't give a shit anymore. I don't know. So I kind of disagree, Benji. I mean, I hear what you're saying because he's just insane lately. He's unhinged, but I love it. I'm here for it. Shout out to what's his name, Vic Joseph. Yes. For the multiple, multiple Tupac California Love references. Yes. Tonight. <laughs> Every one of them popped me each time. I think he even dropped one during the opening match when Braun and Baron are fighting oh, in the yeah. crowd. I think there might have been two of them. Speaking of commentators, I had in my notes here, do you know who I realized how much I really miss and how much he would have sold those last two matches? Mara Ranallo would have gone ballistic. Oh, yeah. I miss those last two matches. I miss him all the time, but those last two matches, man, oh, my God. He would have been the one. Him and Dragunov would have been questionable to finish the night just by the amount of oxygen. Dragunov would have, his head would have exploded. Mara's head would have exploded. Been like scanners all over again. <laughs> NXT No Mercy in the books. They have deadline coming up in December at some point. I don't quite know the date of it off the top of my head. They have their Halloween Havoc show coming up here soon, too. Looks like it's going to be a two-part show coming up at the end of the month. We have Shawn Michaels' NXT offering. Hopefully, he texted at Paul Levesque and said, top this, because now we're going to move on to our WWE Fastlane preview, which it should be a solid show. You have five matches, as of right now, five matches, but they're a stacked five matches. Fastlane, the next stop on the road to Survivor Series leading into Tis the Season. So, as I said, five matches with potentially more to be added. And if there are, we'll talk about them in the comments leading up to the show. We shouldn't know by Friday evening, the show will drop Friday afternoon and Friday night. If they announce anything more, it'll be on SmackDown. So we're going to start with the undisputed WWE tag team championship match between the judgment day and Cody and Jey Uso. I think work rate wise, this match is going to be off the charts because all four can go Jay's line Monday night about Rhea being the Roman reigns of the judgment day pop me huge because he might not be wrong. I think the cracks have already started to really form in the Judgment Day. Dom lost and there's dissension going all around between them and McDonough and 
curious to see where it's going to go. There's probably going to be another kink or two thrown in on SmackDown because apparently all four will be in the house on Friday night to build up the title match. However, I think Cody and Jay can pull it off if only to lead to Cody and Jay versus KO and Sammy for the belts. And that's a tag team match right there. I may have to go with Cody and Jay somehow pulling it out against the Judgment Day, but I will explain why later on. What you think, Mike? I think it's probably too early for them to take the belts off of Judgment Day. I assume they go over here and if I had to guess, I would say J.D. McDonough is the reason why they retain and it's going to piss Damian Priest off and further the rift between Balor and Priest and we just continue with the tension being built up in the group because clearly I think we're going to get a Survivor Series match between the Judgment Day including McDonough versus Cody, Jay, Sammy, and KO. And I think we have the potential for things to boil over on each side if that happens, because you can have KO and Jay get into it. You can have Sammy and KO get into it. And then you obviously Priest and Valor will probably, you know, one's going to cost the other a pinfall and an elimination, assuming that they're doing a traditional Survivor Series style match. So I say they keep the belts here and we see in a couple of months, maybe they drop them, but not yet. I could definitely see that being a thing. going to be a great match. And the thing I love about this is how everyone's taking Jay to task for what he did as a member of the Bloodline. Nobody's forgotten. KO hasn't forgotten. Sammy's being the more forgiving. KO is being KO. And I love what they're doing Drew McIntyre going, okay, well, I love that. So I think that adds a nice spin to the story. Bill, what you think? I think we need to see more vignettes of Cody and Jay hanging out and doing bro stuff like Adam Paul and MJF too. Just really cool bro stuff like Nightmare and the Bloodline or some weird nickname. And I don't care. I mean, it's fine. But like you said, it's going to be some... I think, Mike, and you lay that out perfect. It's going to be a fine match, but it's going to lead to more stuff. So it's kind of a placeholder at this point. A transitional match into different storylines. Going to be a tremendous match. I'm really excited. I think Cody and Jay is going to build to something. Royal Rumble-ish. I don't think they take the titles away. Unless, if they lose the belts, does that mean Priest may cash in? on the later match with Shinsuke and Seth that winner. And that'd be the only reason they would lose the belts. We'll have to see. I'm going to go with Undisputed to hold the belts. But I think it's going to be a heck of a match. Heck of a match. Okay. I mean, I might be in the minority here, but I think Cody and Jay holding the tag team titles puts a different wrinkle in things, but I mean, it could go either way, and that's what I like about it. It's got the, the unpredictability about it. What else is unpredictable is the fact that Rey Mysterio is still the U.S. heavyweight champion. Moving on, we have the Latino World Order, which will assumingly be United States champion Rey Mysterio, Santos Escobar, and either Joaquin or Cruz versus Bobby Lashley and Street Profits. This is not going to end well for the LWL. Period. I think they'll put up a decent show, but I don't see Lashley and the Street Profits losing. Although I like the fact that they've taken the beating up the LWO constantly and finally getting their heel heat behind them. So I think Lashley and the Profits win just because it'll further the LWO dissension. I don't know if Santos, Santos and whoever else teams are just going to leave Ray to the Wolves, which is also possible. But a side note, Ray and Santos had a hell of a match Friday night. I did get a chance to see that. That was an incredible match last week. So Santos should have that belt sooner or later unless somebody else gets it off, Ray. Mike, what's your prediction for the match, buddy? Oh, I think the 
Herbiz 2000 wins. Herbiz 2000. Um, Love it. it. It's such a mismatch size-wise that I'm concerned it's going to look contrived. It's not going to be a squash, mm. but if it's too competitive, I think it's just not going to look believable because as good as Ray is and as fantastic as Escobar is, Montez Ford is twice the size of either of them practically, and he's the smallest <laughs> of that team. So I don't know. I get the reasoning behind it. I, I understand why they're doing this, but hopefully it's not an overly long match. Give the LWO a few spots to shine and then let the Hurt Biz do what they need to do and just murk people. So sorry to Joaquin Wild or Cruz, whoever's in the third spot in this match. I have a feeling you're the one taking the finish. I hate the pin. I think you could put all four of them in there and it still wouldn't matter. No, it would not. <laughs> not really. To be entirely honest, I think, oh, you throw Celine in there. You have it be five on three. And I don't think it would matter against the three of them. That's an imposing trio right there. Out here. If we're putting Jade on the main roster, first okay. place her to be than there. But again, I think she should really be in NXT to give her some time to really learn the WWE style because it is very different. And I mean, that's not a bad thing that it's different, but I just think it would be good because as long as she's been on TV and she's honed and perfected the character work, they had her in too many squash matches in AEW and she didn't work long matches against top level opponents and she needs that experience. So hopefully she's in NXT, but if not, there are certainly worse ways to debut her than as somebody to come out and neutralize Zelina. Just a thought. And the Hurt Biz 2000, that's genius. I've been saying that for a while. I guess nobody's picking up on it. I never noticed it until just now. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I thought about going with Hurt Biz Silver. I can't really figure out a way to do the Hurt Biz and Wolfpack in a thing, but, you know, I mean, that's the idea, basically. So, speaking of size mismatches, Bill. I know, it really doesn't match my shoe size. It's a shame. Oh, we're talking about... Oh, this match. Well done. The only one who, with the dissension in the LWO, it's pretty obvious who's going to be our sacrificial lamb because he always has to be the scrappy good guy. And this is his last chance to kind of do that and shine. So I think the whole theory of Rey Mysterio getting ganged up on, very plausible. There might be something to come out of that with who knows who shows up or does what. What's that? Oh my gosh. Is that super crazy? No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, uh, something crazy could happen. Um, not super, but something. Is that El Hijo de Vic? I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, I think Herb is 2.0. Herb is 2000. It's probably, like you said, going to win to kind of give a transitional sort of thing. So that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. Just looking at it, I hope Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits win. Because I've always liked Bobby Lashley. He's always impressed me. And I'm just tired of Rey Mysterio. I am. I've never been a fan of Rey Mysterio. Not that even in right. WWE. He just never appealed to me. Um, maybe I was missing something when I was a teenager in my early 20s. But Bobby Lashley, I've always enjoyed Bobby Lashley. I always felt that he was missed utilized in a lot of ways and i like the street profits a lot i always enjoy watching their work so i'm hoping it's them i'm also hoping for a great six-man tag match really looking forward to this one i have to agree with bill we need to bring back the entire early 2000s lwo stable to try and help them defeat bobby lash i just imagine like liz mark and super Callo who would be hanging off bobby lashley is this psychosis <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that La Parka with a pile of chairs? 
Dude, I'd cheer so hard for a little Parker return in WWE. It won't ever happen, but that'd be amazing. Wait, is that El Torito being launched into the audience? I would even hate that. <laughs> Super Cologne Brothers? Oh my goodness. All right. I think we're in universal agreement here. Moving on to the triple threat women's championship match. We have EO Sky versus Asuka versus Charlotte. Once again, Charlotte in a women's title match. Imagine that. I don't want to see EO lose it yet, but I get the feeling I'm going to pick her, but I don't want to see it happen. I think there's still some mileage left and I want to see her be legitimized. I would have rather been EO versus Asuka in a rematch of their killer SmackDown match from a couple weeks ago. I thought that was super good, but obviously can't get everything we want. I think the EO and Bailey thing has yet to really run its course. Plus, EO's too good to drop the belt yet. Much like Mike said that about the Judgment Day earlier, I'll use that here because I think she's still got a lot of love, and she sharing that shit. You know, go with my girl EO Sky on this one. What you think, Mikey? Yeah, I don't think that EO's dropping the belt yet. She's only had it for what two months. Yeah. So I think it would definitely be premature to take the title off of her. I I wouldn't mind to see Oscar regain the title. You know, I, I wouldn't have any problem with it if they went that route. But yeah, I think EO comes out of this as champ. I think there's potential for this triple threat match to be as good or better than the match where we saw EO cash in and win the title. What was that at? Money in the Bank? No, not Money in the Bank. It was, what the hell show was it? It was in between Money in the Bank and SummerSlam, right? Money in the Bank and SummerSlam was... Or was it SummerSlam? I don't... No, the triple threat was SummerSlam. Okay. Yes. So yeah, she's only had the belt. Well, I guess it'll be two months. As good as that triple threat match was, and honestly, a lot of triple threat matches end up being one person lays out, these two fight, then one of those two lays out while the third person comes back in. And you didn't see that between Bianca, Asuka, and Charlotte. And I have a feeling we'll get a similar type match here. However, I will now say, after mentioning that that they could bring Jade out and debut her with the Hurt Business, Bianca's been off TV for a little bit, right? Yes. Her coming back as a heel here and inserting herself into this match somehow, and her being the newest member of the Hurt Business, would fulfill something I've been saying for months and months and months so that would be kind of nice to see but i think in the end no matter what eo walks away with the title and i don't think you split damage control up just because you've got tension with the judgment day we don't know what's going on for sure with the bloodline so i don't think you want a third group like that in that situation but EO's face on Raw last week when her SmackDown. When Bailey accepted the triple threat match on her behalf, and you have EO staring at her incredulously and saying, That's not what Asuka said because Asuka was speaking in Japanese and Bailey said, Yes, EO will accept your challenge of a triple threat match. It was just fantastic yes. look on EO's face and you know, a good job there that you could potentially have, you know, tension because of that if she were to lose in this match but i think eo comes out the champ but the reaction she's been getting if you did have bianca come back as a heel and eo ends up splitting from bailey and dakota and being a face i think it's viable at least from the perspective of the fans i think want to cheer her again like they did in nxt so i don't know i think you've got multiple ways you can go here but i think in the end, no matter what, EO comes out with the title. I want to love this match. I do, because I love this Asuka. EO's guy is a lot of fun, but uh, I feel like this is face Charlotte Flair is, she just irritates me, and I feel like 
we're back to first of all Asuka feels like a day after thought to me maybe it's because I'm biased because she's my favorite but it feels like she's like the plucky friend that's helping out her buddy Charlotte and uh, I find that extremely irritating because she's almost extraneous I do like the thing with Bailey being you know, like she said she would do the triple threat it's kind of funny but to me I feel like that's almost like Bailey's going to cost EO the title definitely isn't going to Asuka which I wish it would if it did I'll eat my head on the next show I'll film it next <laughs> but it just ain't going to happen because it's like but so I feel like Charlotte's going to win because she always wins. I mean, not not so much anymore, but I feel like it's Charlotte all over again. She's going to win, which will give you know Bailey that he she's obviously going to screw it up, and that's going to cost. Maybe Bianca shows up, whatever. But I feel like it's going to be Bailey doing something sketchy, cost the the championship, and then we got plucky Charlotte and Asuka's an afterthought. And maybe I'm just bitter, but that's my prediction. And uh, you know, oh Charlotte, sweet sweet Charlotte. I guess you're single now, so there's that. Ah, sorry guys. Whatever. Wait, you what? Her and Andrade are splitting up. I didn't know that. Yeah. Shout out to Ron Gardner. Go close that player. <laughs> I was going to married on this call, but we got to get rapping Ron out there. Um. Okay, so you mentioned something there about Bailey maybe costing EO the title. I feel like Bailey's not going to screw things up until she gets her own shot at the title. Like, I feel like they've got to make that play at some point. Don't you think? Yeah. Like, I feel like Bailey's got to, at some point, work her way into a title match. You know, yeah. kind of fast-talking, double-talking EO, and maybe doing the exact same thing. Like, <laughs> she accepted the triple threat match on EO's behalf. They're in Adam Pierce's office or something and she somehow gets herself a title match against EO. It depends if you're going to go with uh, Bailey screwing stuff up on purpose or calculating and I get the vibe that she's more calculating but it could be either or and it, like you said it could lead into something later on where it comes out in the wash that oh oops sorry but really she's just being a manipulative whatever but really but I that's kind of what I the vibe I get is she's going to do something goofy but yeah maybe later on maybe not this match but I don't know I don't I don't know I just feel like Charlotte's going to win because of I hope so I'm Charlotte's wrong. your official pick? Yeah, even though I hope I'm wrong because he hasn't <laughs> without long. But yeah, I'm thinking Charlotte because it's always Charlotte. Bars. I'm going to be the oddball out here, I think. I'm picking Asuka. I like Asuka a lot. I hope you're right. I really do. Yeah, I like Asuka a lot. I'm tired of Charlotte Flair. It's just like her dad. It's like she has to have a belt to be important. And that's not necessarily the case. In my heart, it's Asuka. But if I'm thinking with my head, it's going to be Isle Sky just because she got it on August 5th at SummerSlam. And you're really going to take it away from her this quick. It's happened before, but I don't think they will. They've built to her getting it and everything else that's going on. But Asuka's my official pick. I'm going to stick to that. And I'll probably eat crow after uh, Saturday night. But that's all right. I'll go find my least favorite cookie, oatmeal raisin, and I'll put some crow on it and we'll eat it live on camera for you. If she wins, I'll eat one with you, bro. I'll eat, like I said, I'll eat my hat. I don't really have one. Maybe. I got a plenty. I'll send you one. All right. Well, just don't see it to ABC, anybody but Charlotte. Stupid Charlotte. So we move on to the bloodline with Jimmy Janet. I mean, Uso and Solo versus John Cena and the greatest of all time. I mean, LA Knight. I love the fact that LA Knight is teaming with John Cena and Cena doing what everybody in his place should have always done, not naming any names, and helping the new generation of guys get over. I don't really see Cena and LA Knight losing just because I think they want to push LA Knight into the stratosphere and the fact that he keeps dropping the bloodline. I think he's going to get a pinfall because there's going to be miscommunication between Jimmy and Solo. 
solo. I'm not sure which one of them is going to eat the pinfall, but I think LA Knight will get the pinfall because I think they're going to push him closer to Roman. Of course, he's not going to win, but I'm glad that they see the stock value in him. I'm kind of curious to see what happens with Jimmy and Solo. Maybe if Solo loses another acting match, he's going to start getting more and more pissed at Roman because he keeps setting me up for these failures. Just something along those lines. I'm going to have to go with Cena and LA Knight. See Big Match Sean in a tag team match. What you think, Mike? Oh, I think the bloodline takes this and we get... Cena, LA Knight, out of this. I, there's going to be some kind of disagreement. Something's going to happen. And the bloodline gets the win, you know, a cheap win somehow. And my guess would be Cena takes the pinfall and LA Knight blames him after the match. Cena tries apologizing. LA Knight blows him off and we get a match between them because I feel like that has to be where this is all been heading since the Miz LA Knight match with Cena as the ref is for Cena to put LA Knight over. Now, maybe it's happening too soon if it happens here maybe we save that match for mania i don't know but it just feels like to me that's where you're headed and that could be a marquee match for survivor series i was gonna say i think i like and i can see it i think that'd be a hell of a marquee match and knight gives his win over scene and propel him against roman for the rumble maybe who knows it's an ugly scene la knight and john cena just don't get along and it leads to a big schmaz they beat each other up la knight believe it or not gets the advantage he kicks the crap out of john cena basically stumps his head on the ground. John Cena has a serious head injury. The only way he can feel better about himself is he has to flip his hat backwards and he's got shoulder issues so he has to put his big heavy chain back on and to get his speech returned because he's got such severe head injuries that he has to start rhyming again. This makes John Cena very bitter so he becomes evil heel rapping John Cena again and he challenges LA Knight for the title. I don't know what title yet because they don't have one between the two of them because John Cena is 100 years old and LA Knight is 50 so we'll see what happens but I predict the return of people heal rapping thugonomics john cena with his buddy the trademark and it's going to be pretty awesome and yes i am high i gotta say i thought this was going a different direction i thought the man to come out and make the peace between them was going to be ryback but maybe he comes back as trademark i don't know because <laughs> it's, it's two syllables and i, I don't think he gets a lot trademark anymore <laughs> ryback's his new dj yeah so i mean there's options there i suppose <laughs> DJ Darinard. No, uh, I don't know. I'm leaning more towards where Chris is at with the bloodline, but because it feels like that story is kind of splintering anyways. But then Mike brought up what he said, and that makes a heck of a lot of sense. But I'm still kind of leaning towards where Chris is at because it feels to me like this is one of those feel-good things. But you know, how long is Cena going to be there? They obviously settled the writer's strike. Obviously, the actors aren't going to be terribly far behind, I hope. So if he's there, yeah. So I mean, especially for the ones who aren't making all that John Cena money. But if he's there for, you know, longer than a cup of coffee, absolutely, there's some storytelling. But, you you know, you. Like, you're probably more likely what you're thinking is going to happen because if it's a short-term thing because Cena's got a movie to get back to. But if it was, like, really good long-term old-school storytelling, I like where Chris is at. So it's hard to say. I don't know. I don't really have a pick. I guess I'm going to say Cena, LA Knight, to go with my original choice because, yeah. I, I But again, it depends on how long they're going to stretch it out or they can stretch it out. John Cena, LA Knight, 100%. I got to agree with everybody else. I think you're going to see Cena and LA Knight do 
there's going to be a mistake and LA Knight's going to get mad and, you know, maybe they blow it off at Survivor Series between Cena and LA Knight. Uh, LA Knight needs to be pushed to the moon and Royal Rumble him and Roman and, you know, see what happens. Yeah. It'll be interesting. And then how it goes with Uso and Solo, eh, I don't know. The bloodline is not what it was. Right. You know, you got Roman Reigns doing the Undertaker schedule now and Brock Lesnar's schedule as a champion and you know he's not there but Cena and LA Knight it's going to be interesting to see it should be a good match have to see what Paul Heyman does if he gets his bald-headed self involved but uh, I'm gonna go with Cena and LA Knight and there may be dissension in the ranks have to wait and see but I know Antonio will like that because he likes John Cena so his pick will be John Cena and LA Knight if he wasn't asleep in bed maybe they win and then there's some kind of weird thing going on like what did you do you know I mean like it starts the story you know that I just can't see LA Knight or John Cena take I I can't see John Cena that's true because at this point does he care? But no way in hell is LA Knight going to get pinned by anybody at this point. Maybe. You never know. Yeah, exactly. You know, first pay-per-view ever without a McMahon behind the helm is fast lane. So we'll have to see what happens, but I can see Cena laying down if it has to be done. Yeah, out of the two, he's the most yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, and I really don't think he would mind because everybody did it for him coming up. I think back to, what was it, WrestleMania 21, Big Show did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Cena's got the right head for the business and he'll do what's right for business yeah. as cliche as that sounds and he doesn't it's not going to affect him like he lost to Austin Theory it was no big deal yeah. you know what I mean he can afford to lose now he's not super seen anymore because at this point he's a icon Cena he's, he's established already he's a future Hall of Famer Cena and I think it gives LA Knight just being with LA Knight it gives him a special rub it's like hey John Cena thinks he's alright and you know people that don't care about Cena you know don't boo him you know they'll, they'll be like okay John thinks this is okay. It's like Hulk Hogan giving um, Randy Savage that little rub. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But the special rub? Yeah. It was, a, it was a buddy buddy rub, you know. Oh, I'm sure it was. I'm sure Hulk was the big spoon every time. Yeah. Randy never won against him. I just love LA Knight. I love the sound the crowd makes when he comes out. And like I said, I can't see him and Cena losing. If they do, Cena takes the three and go from there. But John Cena and LA Knight are my pick. I'm sticking to it. I mean, geez, if we were talking about LA Knight and John Cena teaming back when LA Knight was the maximum male model gimmick, I might have laughed at you, but now it's like completely believable. Yeah. I just can't get over how LA Knight has just grown. He's come a long way since Eli Drake. So, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, God, I would have never thought he'd be where he is today and that just you know goes to show you when the people are behind you it's like the brian danielson thing people get behind you they gotta do it you'd listen to that crowd and they'll make you money i don't know i thought when he was in nwa it was just clear star vibes from la night eli drake whatever you want to say i mean he and ricky starks were the two guys that stood out when corgan rebooted the nwa that were clear these guys are going to end up in the wwe on top someday because they just had it. They had the charisma that you cannot teach and they were both good or better in the ring. And yeah, the maximum male model thing was goofy. 
when they brought him up, but it doesn't surprise me that his natural charisma won over because it seems like the guys that they miss on most often are just lacking a touch of that. Or in some cases, they're lacking it all together and they have everything else, but Vince won't push you if you don't have the And So I'm glad to see that it's happening and all, but he's always had that star quality and I didn't see him in impact or anything. So I can't speak to that. But from the time I saw him first in NWA, I was like, yep, this guy's got it. He's going to be in the big time soon enough. I mean, he's got the catchphrase. He's got the in-ring work. He's won an argument with Kevin Nash. So he's cool by me. Um, (laughs) Either way, I think LA Knight's made a star. I mean, he already is, but I see this coming out of only a positive for him going forward, no matter win or lose. He's brilliant. I could see him being the face of the company for some time to come. He's right there. I want to see him and Gunther badly. I think that would be a great match. I just don't think it's there yet. I think it'd be a tremendous match. Yeah, I think if he's handing up to be Gunther, would be, let me talk to you, and Gunther just chops the shit out of him. Yeah. Not what I meant, but okay. I think that's a money match down the line, maybe after Mania. God, I'm so high on him. I really am. I cannot say enough good things about LA Knight. And Bill's just high. Yes, and Bill's just high. Allegedly. Moving on to what will most likely be the main event of the evening. The last man standing between Shinsuke Nakamura and the champion Seth Rollins. So I think the two of them had a stellar match last month. I think that is one of the might have been the best Shinsuke match he had since Sammy. Well, the Cena match was really good, but the him and Sammy match in his debut match was just stellar and motivated bad guy Shinsuke is awesome. That being said, I don't think losing again hurts his momentum. I don't think he went. I would love to see him win, but I think Seth barely pulling it out the shape he's in and then barely winning and then Damian comes out cash is in money in the bank on him. You have an out for Seth to go take a break and Shinsuke can move on to something else. Who knows, maybe feuding with Cody or somebody else. And Damien now, he cashes in the money in the bank briefcase and has the title belt and everybody's jealous of him. So I'll say Seth wins the match barely within an inch of his life. We'll get bad guy Nakamura somewhere else, but Damien Priest will walk out with the heavyweight title belt. And therefore, you have a storyline going forward that will lead past Crown Jewel Survivor Series and going forward. What say you over there, Mikey? Okay, so your official pick is Damien Priest. Yes. Okay. It's Shinsuke's time to shine. Seth needs to take some time off to be healed up and ready for mania season. So perfect time to do it. Let Shinsuke have the strap for a few months. If things don't work out the next two or three months, you know, he drops it at the rumble. That's fine. Maybe he carries it through to mania. That's an option also. But yeah, I'm ready. The character work that they've done in this short time to take Shinsuke from an afterthought to looking like a legit killer and I mean, the way they've used the anime and the voiceover stuff in the little video packages and everything, it's inspired work and the best thing they've done with him since he left NXT. And I don't want to see it in. And I think if he loses here, you know, he's out of the title picture at that point. You're not going to bring him back after losing two title matches. And he's not going to keep the momentum if you move him off to something else. So, yeah, give him the run for the next few months at least and see where it goes because this feels more like how seriously he was booked in NXT when Triple H was doing that. That's what they're doing with him now. And I feel like Shinsuke never had that opportunity previously on the main roster. Even when they let him win the Rumble the one year, they wasted that momentum that they had going. I hope they don't make that mistake again. So Shinsuke for me. Boy, I agree with a lot of what you say, but you're so optimistic. I feel like for some reason they did not let him win anything when it comes to it. He definitely seems like he's a threat now. I hope that you're right. I really do. I want him to win. So I'll, I'll pick him 
with that wishful thing because it is time for Seth Rollins to go away for a while. Please go away for a while, Seth Rollins. Please. If Shinsuke, if he wins, if Nakamura wins, I'll watch again full time WWE. And I know you you need my ratings. I know that. So <laughs> if if he really wins, I will start sucking up because he's my favorite, and I love to see it. I just feel like they never pull the trigger since NXT. But maybe you know, I hope you're right, Mike, and I hope that you're absolutely right because I'd love to see him win. I just don't think it's going to happen because they never. They never seem to pull the trigger on him. And even though I know he's not getting any younger, but then they also seem to always let Seth Rollins run roughshod over the promotion all the time. I mean, he always, I don't know. I It's like my favorite current WWE, I'm not going to say superstar, but I just did though. My current favorite WWE wrestler versus probably arguably one of my least favorite i mean i don't hate him he's not like sammy Guevara hate but i just don't like seth rounds as well we've talked about that in the show so you guys can go back and listen there out there in radio land podcast world but yeah i'm gonna go nakamura with my fingers crossed that but i have a feeling in my heart of hearts i'm wrong but hey i have no problem with the I told you so because I'm hoping he wins Shinsuke they gotta pull the trigger on him again I've gotta repeat myself I'm high on him I think evil Shinsuke is great that match a couple pay-per-views ago with him and Seth was fantastic he wins holds it for a little while and then uh, he has a match with somebody and Damian Priest takes it somewhere down the line and that'll be that you get Damian you know maybe Survivor Series or Rumble cashing in but I think Shinsuke is gonna win he's the time is right and Seth goes away heals feels better maybe has another kid with Becky Becky drops the title someplace they have another baby they go away for nine months or however long and then they come back and you can start whatever you want to again so my pick is Shinsuke so I think we're all in agreement here hashtag do the job Seth I mean I know I picked differently from you guys but I'm in agreement Seth does not walk out the champion let him heal up let him do a thing he's earned it he's had a hell of a run with the belt but it's time to move on yeah take some time off buddy we'll miss you we promise yeah how can i miss you if you won't go away i wasn't gonna say it but exactly he's carrying it on his shoulder since roman isn't there his rumble pop when that music hits and he'll be a surprise entrant rumble i think will be a great moment too yep that's you know, the perfect he, way to play it he could be number 30 in the rumble and that music hits and the crowd will lose their shit i mean he doesn't even have to win the rumble it'd just be cool for that moment all right, so that concludes our the second part of our bonus episode with the Fastlane preview. Hopefully you all enjoyed. Hopefully you all are going to be able to watch Saturday and come back next week for our review show, which we're extremely excited to do. And once again, shout out to him. It's his birthday on the day of recording. We love you. We miss you. You know, thanks for everything you do for the show, for the team public store, for everything, dude. Another shout out to our boy, Tim Graff, who hopefully it's over by now, drove from D.C. to Pittsburgh just so his daughter could go see Lana Del Rey. And a couple weeks ago, he also ate that giant grilled cheese burger on Facebook on a dare because he's like, I'll get so many likes and I I put it out there. Hey, everybody go like this. So he did. So Tim, shout out to you, our friend. You know, you're truly a man among men and a man to be admired. Oh, and shout out to Tim for the pizza from Sir Pizza, looking just like the offshoot of Pizza King that it is. Pizza King, the home of the authentic Indiana Stromboli, TM. Ah, you bastards. That's not a Stromboli. Yes, it is. And it's fantastic. Oh, I have no doubt that it's fantastic. I will even say, having had both, it is superior. To the Philly Strumble. Okay, calm down. Don't make me call Jamie Ward at 1030 at night and wake him up. <laughs> wake him up out of bed in his old Phillies pajamas to come on and have this debate. Although Jamie will be joining us in a couple weeks, so there. That's okay. I'll say it to him then, too. Don't worry about it. No, see, the one you don't want to say anything negative about anything Philly is Tara, but that's just, just saying. <laughs>
All right. First off, we want to give a shout out to Shoreline Gems. Please check them out on Facebook. If you are looking for a unique gift for someone, they have handcrafted one-of-a-kind beach glass jewelry items, necklaces, bracelets. Check it out. It's awesome stuff by a great young man who's being an entrepreneur. So give him some support and show him some love by checking out Shoreline Gems on Facebook. We want to remind you to check out the What's the Vibe podcast with Amy and Katie. They do a tremendous show check them out on youtube you can find them wherever you listen to podcasts but if you have the time check them out on youtube so you can see they their reactions to the different stories that they tell because it's a trip they're a couple of wonderful ladies they do a great show and you will not regret listening or watching their podcast we also want to remind you to check out jason d'agostino and his friend david at the not another sports podcast find them wherever you podcast they have a unique spin and take on everything sports so give them a listen and see what you think we want to remind you to check out lunaworldcast.com where you can find their performance dates you can get to their merch page where you can pick up a trucker hat t-shirt coffee mug a hoodie you can go to their patreon throw them some money and get live streams from their performances discounts on the merch behind the scenes photos and video clips if you go to their ancient alien tier of the patreon you get guest list privileges and free entry to select ticketed shows so that's something to consider check them out you can also go to megafaunarecords.bandcamp.com or you can purchase their album land to the sea so take a look at that we've got a store believe it or not we're selling t-shirts we're selling coffee mugs we're selling stickers but i can tell you right now one thing we're not selling is crap these things are quality I'm talking at least four out of five stars. The only reason I don't give them five stars is I'll bring it up once. They don't make them big enough for some of us in this damn podcast. But hey, I'm not trying to be a judgy Jefferson, but we still love you, T-Public. Great store, great service. The t-shirt designs by Drew Samuels are fantastic, plus the original design, all that stuff. There's some stuff on there that is truly insanity, including the 18 by 24 internet legend. Amazing poster. I'm probably going to get one because I got something to scare the roaches. Please, if you like our show or... Or if you're aware, you like like the cut of our jib, you know, anything, please try to like, review, I mean, even a simple one word thing, anything, rate, but especially subscribe. You know, that's fantastic. Every, every subscription we get, like, brings the show on a whole nother level. We're already big in Germany. I'm going to have Yeah, we're like, we're a bunch of Michael Knights here. But I'm also, you know, I'm a little excited to get us into Japan and things like that because I have a feeling that we are truly bruising some brodies. Um, so please, if you can, anywhere where you follow us, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. All right, do have a little serious thing here. I mean, I know a lot of times the other guys send some love to friends of the show. I do have a special shout out because you never forget your first taste. The man who kind of turned us all on to this is going through some medical stuff, but it's hopefully some good stuff gonna have some stuff going on soon i want to send some love out to frankie seacrest hollywood kid love you brother hope everything goes well you know you're the man i keep growing that hair out keep wearing those shirts and keep doing your thing we love you and we're thinking about you brother love you frankie yeah love you frankie love you dude i also want to give shout outs to another florida man shard johnson russell rollerson keep getting better buddy we love you everybody's big brother Stephen burho the man that held down the end chair out in front of the residence inn at all the fan fests we love you buddy get better we hope to see you in april at the next fan fest shout out to bruce and cindy cohen i'm 
I'm pretty sure that Bruce is making that trip from the way it sounds, and I can't wait to see him and Cindy. We love you guys. He posted a fantastic-looking cheeseburger from Five Guys tonight in the group. One of these days, I'm going to try Five Guys. I've never been there. It's 45-minute drive for a cheeseburger, and... It's also going to be $45 for a cheeseburger. Well, I've heard. I've heard the prices are high, so I've only really been around one a couple of times, other than maybe when I was down in Florida for FanFest and didn't realize there was one nearby or something. But it looks yeah. pretty great. So one of these days. I got one 20 minutes from my house. I just It's just so busy that you just... You're like, ugh, tough to get in there. I got one five minutes away, but it's so expensive. I only do it once in a while. But their milkshakes are fantastic. If you And their fries, they cook them in peanut oil. I will be getting the Curder Burger next weekend. So look for that post to hit the group. You can see my disdain with a certain appendage when you said I, that. I can't, though, because it's like your camera's off for me. And it has been for quite a while. Yeah, so came- I, Like, I didn't even get to see Antonio. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Also, I know it's okay. Up, I don't uh, know why. I mean, Spiker said you were on camera, but for me, you're off. Yeah, you were. So I don't. Let's try this real quick. Also, shout out to Bruce Cohen for swimming his way through New York last week during yeah. those heavy rainstorms. Glad yeah, he got his cardio in. And he said what I felt about the burger. <laughs> we also want to remind you to check out our good friends, the Josephines at the Josephines.net. Get your tour information. Buy some merch. Buy a t-shirt, coffee mug. Buy an album. Buy a CD. Support these guys if they come to your area. I know Drew is going to go see them in a couple of weeks as a belated birthday gift to himself. So that should be a good time. I'm hoping that maybe we can make it, but I'm not sure that it's going to work out. We also want to remind you to check out the WrestleCopia family of podcasts, the two regional wrestling shows that Ray Russell hosts, the 1986 Mid-South show with Roman Gomez, who is a great guy, then our good buddy and frequent guest, one and only Uncle Jamie, Jamie Ward, does the 1981 Georgia Championship show with Ray, and these shows are very interesting depth ray takes copious show notes you will learn something about these territories you didn't know i can almost guarantee because he leaves no stone unturned in researching these shows he also has the memory grenade show the monday warfare show and the soon to be debuting wrestling stoop with bob root so check those out at wrestlecopia.com and anywhere you get your podcasts and last but not least we want to remind you to check out our good friend hot rod rodney swift and his wife on their YouTube channel. It's Mr. and Mrs. Swift 2017. Check out the videos they've got going on. Rodney is all about positivity and trying to pump you up and get you into the right frame of mind and a good outlook and good spirit. And you can see the videos of their adventures out in Colorado, trips they take. They were just in Dallas a few weeks ago. So check them out. Let's shout out the Facebook group, the Other Ship Facebook group where all the action happens. If you're listening to this you're probably a member of our facebook group come in you know we share things about ourselves we share jokes we share stories you know benji posts every day about his movie of the day his wrestler of the day you know we love that kind of stuff bruce in there posting memes so it's a giant extension of us of the podcast as a whole and just a place where we invite people to come in be good to each other enjoy your time spread the love and we appreciate every single one of you who listen and contribute or even those of you who don't contribute we're just glad you're here shout out to t rizzle and his no context poll of the day become a very fun feature in the group you never know what that guy's gonna come up with i mean we say that about t-riz all the time but all right well gentlemen
gentlemen, I think that wraps it up for another week. Anybody else got anything before we sign off here? Adios, muchachos. I'll see you at the movies. <laughs>